So this is a really important production note this week. Um, the person that edits the show, uh, Jim, uh, he was telling us today that he has been diagnosed with carpal tunnel syndrome, which I'm sure editing the show had nothing to do with. No. So this week, no, I, I need you. No mistakes, Simone. Okay. We okay. Can't say, cannot say, f- definitely cannot say that word. I uh, can't say on the show. Can we think of any other words we would not want to say? Because Jim would have to beep them. Uh, 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 Brie, Brie, I have bad yes? news. I've yes? been recording this whole time. Oh, no. Brie, come oh, on. No. Okay. Um, I expect a little more professionalism from you. I just, I know you have a potty mouth, Simone, because you, you haven't found Jesus like Christina. And <laughs> that I doesn't have. mean you have so, to learn from my example, Brianna, please. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. No mistakes this week. It's going to be okay. a good show. From Let's here on it. out, we're not going to f- Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom and Eero. I'm Samundra Rochefort, a senior video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, a Democratic candidate for Congress in the the, the state of Massachusetts. Uh, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. Uh, I was not retweeted by Commander Riker this week, <laughs> and I feel really sad about that. Uh, were you retweeted by Commander Riker this week? Brianna? Yeah? 50% of the hosts of this episode of Rocket <laughs> were retweeted by Commander Riker this week. Yep. That's good. Okay, so tell the tell the listeners about this. Oh, this is top show now. Top show. Yeah, you should be proud of this. I this am is so proud. Awesome we actually had a lot yeah. of good retweets this week. So yep. I was at San Diego Comic Con last week, as you all know, because I was not able to be on the show, and I'm sorry for that. I lied to you when I said I would be. Ha ha. Um, but uh, they obviously showed the new trailer for Star Trek Picard there uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. And I was covering it from the press room. I wrote a bunch of quotes, good quotes in a, in a post, published the post. And lo and behold, who did retweet said post? But Mr. Frakes himself, oh. Commander Riker. Retweeted, he retweeted a Polygon.com article. <laughs> he didn't read it and say... This Simone de Rochefort, despite the fact that she is a video producer, as indicated in her title, she sure writes a mean news article. Um, I mean, I don't think he said that, but who can say? It, it didn't need to be said. I think that's just understood. You also interviewed, uh, 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 how you say Guillermo his del Toro. Guillermo del Toro this week, who I'm a huge fan of. He developed The Strain, one of my favorite shows. Uh, he's done a million great horror movies. That's awesome. What is he like in real life? I love him. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> it was just unprofessional for me to say. But I went to a panel on Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which he's producing with Andre Overdahl uh, directing. Uh, it's coming out in August. Uh, and they did a really cool panel on the monster design and like how they made the costumes and everything. And then I interviewed both of them one-on-one uh, which was nuts. Oh. It was great, though. I shook Guillermo del Toro's hand. I watched him eat a Nature Valley bar. Um, and then we talked about about the movie and about his career. And it was very cool. Hopefully, I will have something going up for that. Like, most of the stuff we talked about was, like, more about the movie itself. So it'll go up closer to, you know, when the movie will be out and people will be talking about it. 
but um, I was only like 10 minutes. I think I stretched it to 12, which was amazing. <laughs> like that was enough time for me to be like, this is an experience that I'm going to survive being in front of Guillermo del Toro. And then I will be able to go off and scream about it. And I have. But it makes sense. You make it weird. He makes it weird. He made Last Jedi weird. He's made everything he's ever touched weird. He was Your involved with Last souls. Jedi? Yeah. What? Was he not? No. Maybe I'm misremembering this. I'm Googling it right now because I do want to know. Benicio Del Toro. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Tisk, right. tisk, right. tisk. Yes, yes. I'm a fake Star Wars An fan. An unrelated Del Toro. Oh, no. Um, no, yes. it's okay. I mean, he's okay. great, too. But yeah. no, yeah, uh, it was a very a good, it was a good conversation. That's awesome. I'm so happy. Although I, I'm not tweeting this because I want to put positive energy into the world. And the entertainment editor, Matt Patches, will yell at me if I demean myself on Twitter in any way. But I do just want to say for you Rocket listeners, before Saturday, there was a 0% chance that Guillermo del Toro thought I was a dumbass. <laughs> and now... I'm saying I was a good interview. I don't think that he thinks I'm a dumb. I think I did a good job. But I'm just saying there is now a non-zero chance that Guillermo del Toro thinks that I, Simone de Rochefort, am a dumb. I I think that's a zero percent chance. I mean, come on, Simone. You're Anything also, could happen. Yeah. He was very hungry. Maybe he was annoyed. Maybe he maybe even though I, I was so smart and so funny and so talented, maybe he was so hungry because he only had one little nature valley bar. He came out of that room thinking, my God, what a dumb. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, the I show. I don't have any professional news this week. Can I talk about something I'm really happy about yeah. just before we start the show today? So I woke up this morning to some amazing news, which I am so happy about. Uh, you don't play many fighting games, do you? I Simone? do not. They're, they're just, do you just not, are you not interested in them? Are I you... don't enjoy them. Really? I find them aggravating. Really? Stressful. Like, yeah. even, have you, have you tried Street Fighter? Uh, it bores me. <laughs> okay. I can't even, I can't even comprehend. You're coming that. at this from okay. a totally different universe, but okay. carry on. Okay. So, so I, I am old enough that when Street Fighter 2 came out, it was my teenage years. Like, this is one of the ways you've been robbed, Simone, not being a yes. teenager in the 90s. Something very fundamental has been stolen from you. It's true. Uh, because so the young. 90s were made for being a teenager. So, <laughs> in 1994, uh, something really amazing and magical happened. I walked into an arcade that year. Street Fighter had been out for a while, and I look, and I see that there is a new Street Fighter game made with the X-Men characters, and I have a fierce, ridiculous love for the X-Men. You know, growing up queer in the 90s in Mississippi, mm -hmm. it was very hard. And, you know, X-Men are an allegory for gay rights, uh, for me at least. So they were, they were very special to me. So Children of the Atom was a Capcom-developed arcade game. It's a Street Fighter-type fighting game uh, that debuted in 1994. And I woke up this morning and I saw the Arcade 1-Up retweeted that they were releasing a special edition of their upcoming uh, Marvel superheroes arcade game oh, that has Marvel superheroes, which is a predecessor to Marvel versus Capcom. It's a great game. It's got Psylocke in it. 
It has X-Men Children of the Atom, which is a better Street Fighter than Street Fighter. Um, and it's got the Punisher, which is kind of a final fight clone with Punisher and Nick Fury. It's not that good. But this came out with the riser with Sandwa uh, style buttons, uh, which is the highest level arcade quality joysticks and buttons you can get for $400. This and sounds only, like yeah, the, the most niche and perfect for you thing. Yes. Like the, 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 the hints of changes that are just <laughs> particularly geared towards you and the right. other passionate Street Fighter fans and X-Men yes. fans. Yes. This it's is awesome. amazing. You must feel so powerful and good. I have, I'm so psyched. that They're only making 8,000 of them, so if there are any Rocket listeners, I implore you to go out there and grab this as quickly as you can because it's literally got about $70 of special Sanwa parts in it and other upgrades, like a, uh, a backlit marquee for it, so it glows like a real arcade. And it also has like this $50 riser, which raises it up so adults can play it if you're not oh like, my very God. short. So uh, it's $400. They're only making 8,000 of them. We'll include a link to it in the show notes, but these games are both amazing. And then there's also Punisher. So, <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to... You're not going to get one. I already got one. You got one. Oh, my God. Of course I did. Okay. (laughs) Which is hard to defend because I've got, like, the Raspberry Pi emulating it literally right next to where it's going to be in my You're like, it's fine. Don't look at it too hard. It's fine. Well, that that great segue to talking about what we talk about on the show, which is technology. Um, And our first topic of the day, uh, do you want to talk about the Switch first? Since you've set us up for game stuff. Let's Let's stay games. games And then we'll grab some juicy Apple news. Juicy Apple news later. I'll I'll sound the Apple rumor klaxon in just (laughs) a few minutes. But first, uh, so something you might have seen in the news or even experienced in your own home is Joy-Con Drift on the Nintendo Switch. So... This is my moment to kind of eat crow because I did say when we talked about the Switch Lite on the show, I said... The Switch is very solid technologically. Nintendo has a reputation for releasing really technologically solid uh, devices that don't break. Um, I have generally not experienced true. Generally true. Say, generally true. Most of the time, true. Uh, I had not experienced Joy-Con drift, but this is something that a lot of people have experienced. And what it is is a general sort of the the Joy Cons on the Switch starting to move on their own, uh, basically making things very difficult if you're trying to. I don't know, play a game. Um, there are a lot of theories about why it happens. Uh, some people have done teardowns and seen that uh, the the contacts at the base of the Joy-Con have some wear. Um, but it's becoming increasingly a problem as people's switches continue to age um, and experience more wear and tear. Um, I, I know I have a few coworkers who have experienced Joy-Con drift. Um, the Verge. I am is- one of them. I am one of them. By the way, no, seriously. So I am playing through Final Fantasy twelve uh, at night every single night. I like grind for an hour in this game. I'm working my way through it on Switch, and it's exactly like they said. Left Joy-Con. Uh, this is the one you generally move for movement. And like Princess Ash, she just starts shooting off in a direction or walking around. It just makes it absolutely unplayable. And I chalked it up to, well, maybe, you know, this has the world's most scratchable screen. Maybe I dropped it at some point. Uh, no, apparently this is a congenital issue with the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I know my my coworker, Russ Freshdick, was 
concerned about um, the Switch Lite because that one doesn't have detachable Joy-Cons. So what people have had to do up to this point is basically pay to get this fixed, um, which is possible because the Joy-Cons come off the Switch, you know. Um, I think his concern was that with Joy-Cons baked into the Switch, this would cost a lot more to fix if the Switch Lite continues to have these problems. However, uh, there has been a class action lawsuit filed against Nintendo for this problem, um, and they have now released an internal memo uh, basically saying the Joy-Con drift can be repaired for free, uh, which I think is is great news for people. But uh, it's interesting because it has been a problem for a while now. Um, and Kotaku recently like re-brought it into the spotlight um, on July 16th. Gita Jackson published an article about Joy-Con drift. And I think when that happened, I did see quite a few people. We observed people being like, oh, why are you writing about this? Everyone knows this, duh. Um, but now there's the lawsuit that that was the, happening in conjunction with, not in conjunction with the article, but the lawsuit was happening as well. And now Nintendo has released a statement. So I think that just goes to show... <laughs> You can write about things, even if they may appear to be common knowledge, um, because stories are always changing. And this really came back into the limelight exactly at the right time. Yeah, I also think it's worth noting, um, you know, the Joy-Con is a shockingly expensive controller for a portable piece of consumer electronics. I think people don't know these things, if you buy them separately, it's not... $40, which I would expect a piece of cheap plastic like this to cost. It's not $50. It's not $60 like an Xbox controller. It is $80 freaking dollars for what is inarguably the worst controller on any of the three major systems, which is just absolutely indefensible. And I mean, they've been charging $40 to fix this, which that that sucks, Simone. Like, I'm going to send it off yeah. to NOA and wait weeks for it to come back. It's just, it's terrible. Yeah, I, and I, <laughs> I was shocked when I bought my extra Joy-Cons. Well, I wasn't shocked. I was shocked the first time I went to buy extra Joy-Cons and realized they were $80. And then I was like, <laughs> no. Um, and then eventually did bite the bullet and buy them because I wanted extra ones. Um, but yeah, they're incredibly expensive. I, would say maybe my devil's advocate argument is they're very tiny and there's a lot of technology packed into them. Like there's the IR camera, there's the rumble tech, um, there's the faulty joystick, which you, you gotta charge for as yep. well. Um, so, I mean, that would be my devil's advocate argument about why they're, they're so expensive I, and the fact I that you can detach them. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I love you, Simone. I just, I, I just don't see the value there. For oh, you, well, but, yeah. we'll let history decide that. All won't right, we, Bray? Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. And of course the warranty, uh, as the verge points out, the warranty for the switch is only 90 days, which is not enough time for a problem like this to develop. So if if it is indeed a hardware problem, I mean, what do you think that their odds are in a class action lawsuit, Brie? Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're 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 lawyers who specialize out of this stuff. And why wouldn't they? Like they find a defective product, they sue on the behalf of everyone else and uh 
their law firm makes millions of dollars in the the settlements. I think you can pretty much take this to the bank. Not to say I don't believe in you know class action uh, lawsuits. Uh, you know, I have a first gen Porsche Boxster. Uh, there was a very successful IMS lawsuit against Porsche for that, which led to better engines. So mm-hmm. um, I support the process, but hundred percent that someone's going to sue them. <laughs> Absolutely. Can can I just say one more thing before yeah. I move on? The the problem, and I'd love to know your opinion on this. For me, I can I am willing to spend money on a Joy-Con. I'm even willing to pay for Nintendo to to fix that. You know, it's a it's a part of the controller that moves. I'm rough on mine. But the 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 defect in the switch that I just cannot let go is that screen which will scratch if you breathe on it wrong. <laughs> and I babied mine for as long as I can. And there's just a point where you have to give up on it. Um, my screen looks like it's been attacked by Wolverine from Children of the Atom. It is so <laughs> scratched. And I wish I could pay Nintendo more for a higher quality version of that, with Gorilla Glass, like my mm-hmm. iPhone has. Does do you have do you experienced this? What I, have this you... is one thing I have not experienced, Bree. Um, okay. That being said, I notoriously do have very good luck with not scratching my screens, um, and I, I I don't think that that's anything I'm doing. I think it is uh, the hand of fate watching out for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure you're you're not alone with that. But like what. Yeah, is there any solution that you have found? Like any covers that you can put on it or anything? Yeah, like look on Amazon for for hideous, switch screen hideous covers, plastic yeah. covers. Yeah, I mean they're terrible. They're a pain in the butt. You cover up the speaker if you do it wrong. Oh no! Uh, and I wish I'd invested ten dollars. in one. So <laughs> remind me, have, do, do they have the same kind of screen on the Switch Lite? I I can't remember. I'll look so it up from, if we don't know. From what I saw, because I was like, this would be a reason to uh, update mine if they did move to Gorilla Glass, which yeah. seemed impossible since they were charging so little. I didn't see any confirmation of that either way, which I have to assume means, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's the same. It is worth saying Nintendo had a stealth update of their normal Switch with a better battery in it, uh, the mm-hmm. standard full-size Switch, uh, and it's just, uh, you know, modern battery components are a little bit better. It's cheaper for them to quietly upgrade the internals than to, you know, make outdated technology. But, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't feel like this is too much to ask. The Switch is the best uh, system Nintendo's done mm-hmm. since the SNES, and I just want one that's a little bit more durable. I think this is the first time, maybe since it was announced, that we've been any kind of down on the Switch. Well, it's a great system still. It is. Are it's still the up? best. It's still the oh, best. Yeah freaking system that exists yeah <sighs> where are you playing right now by the way right now i am playing baba is you have you heard of this i've not <laughs> oh it's so baba silly is you this is not what is this so it is a puzzle game um oh. and every level you are basically presented with a set of rules formed out of words that are in blocks um in the level so um one of the rules might be key is uh, open. Um, and so each of those words is a block that you can move around. So you're basically trying to arrange the words to create a set of rules that works so that you can solve the level. So something will always be win. Um, and you'll generally have to like get to or touch that thing. Um, something oh. might be stop. So like wall is stop. Um, 
between you and the key, and the key is when, you push stop out of alignment with the sentence that says wall is stop, and then the wall is no longer stop, and you can walk right through it. So it's it's a very, it is absolutely very, very clever. It makes me feel like a big dummy. Um, but I think it's this satisfying. is one of those games I'd have to play to really get. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely very difficult to explain. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot more fun than it sounds, but it's also a lot more enraging than it sounds. But that's what you I'm know playing. What else is enraging, Simone? The game I'm playing right now. Uh, oh no, Mario uh, Sadomasochism oh, Simulator, Mario also Sadomasochism. known as Super Mario Builder Two, which is so good and so bad at oh, the God. same time. Are you creating hell levels? Uh, I love it because yeah, it's like. Yeah, especially for people of my generation, you've got to understand. I spent, my God, I've spent like 25 years mastering, like 35 years mastering how to play SMB, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of time investment in this, Simone. And to like be able to show off my skills and fail miserably, knowing I've wasted so many of the last 35 years <laughs> playing this game. It just, uh, yeah, it just, uh, it brings that existential dread, which is the Mario fun, We've which I love We've been talking about that yes. a lot. Yes. Uh, I'm on the video team specifically because yeah. every it seems like every single level that goes viral of Super Mario Maker 2 is this nightmare monstrosity that no yeah. one in their right mind could be. And obviously, I mean, that's because those are really fun to watch. But it kind of seems like that's what people enjoy pl- creating in that game. It's like, okay, how sadistic can I be? How many people can I hurt? <laughs> so I have a different take on this, actually. Yeah. So uh, if you, if, if and I'm sure you will at some point in your career, like work on a video game. Um, the first thing that, when when people make their first level in video games, inevitably, you make it way, 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 way too hard because you are obsessing about every single detail as you make it. So you kind of, you make it too hard for someone that's uh, playing it for the first time. This is why playtesting departments exist because the people that develop something are always very bad at understanding how people are going to interpret it. So the way I see it is, yeah, there's a a tiny hardcore percentage out there that does like really, really hardcore stuff. And it plays well to the streamer crowd. But just like from a wider gameplay, like is this good gameplay perspective? Like there's a reason we all remember SMB and no one remembers the Lost Levels, which is the hard, (laughs) too hard sequel to SMB (laughs) in the United States. So I think it's just bad level design, personally. I uh, want to take that audio and put it in a polygon video. So we'll talk about that later. But first, wow, let me tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom from our friends at Solar Winds. Guess what? What? It's summertime. Summertime. There's a high school musical song about that, but I'll sing it later. Yep. Uh, before you pack your bags and start singing high school musical to summertime uh, anthem. Uh, and set your email to out of office, you need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. Because what if it stops running smoothly when you are on the beach? No. You need Pingdom. Pingdom will help let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and 
who is alerted, depending on the severity of an outage. So when you are out of office and on that beach or on that mountain, you can stay out of office. Take a vacation with peace of mind while Pingdom is monitoring your website. It's easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they'll take care of the rest. What? So easy. I'm sorry I shrieked. I'm sorry I shrieked. Please don't stop listening. Go to pingdom.com slash O-O-O. That's three letter O's in a row. Right now for a free 14-day trial. Holy crap, you guys. You could literally go on vacation with this free trial. What? No credit card required. Then when you sign up, because you love it so much, use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get a cool 30% off your first invoice. And for a limited time only, guess what? You could enter for a chance to win a free out-of-office t-shirt by going to pingdom.com slash OOO. This shirt is very funny. Go check it out, says the ad copy. So I'm going to do it because I want to see what it looks like. (laughs) It's oh. like Spidey Sense, but for your websites. You I just actually sense like magically. It. I yeah, do like it. Down. It's a black t-shirt. It says uh, over the, the chest, I am currently out of the office in white text, but the O's are yellow. Um, and then it says, but Pingdom's got my back on the back. Uh, that is cute. That's cute as heck. I like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can check that out at pingdom.com slash OOO. Thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of the show and all of Relay FM. And offer code ROCKET for 30% off your first invoice. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 Brianna, you know what season it is. What season is it? It's not actually summertime. It's lead up to new iPhone season. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. My body is ready. My body is ready. And so we are sounding the Apple rumor klaxon once again. Woo, 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 woo. You can do better than that, Simone. Come on. Come I'm on. trying put, not to put, hurt put people. Heart. I'm trying not to make anyone I, mad or like, sad. Eh, 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 like See, that. that's the kind of sound that makes people mad and sad, Brie. I want to either go <laughs> mad or sad or preferably neither. Okay, You've done well, both. You know and what? so will this iPhone design. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, right? So, uh, okay, so let me describe what we've got here. And let, I'll okay. preface it again with these are rumors. Rumors. But they come from 9 to 5 back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would just one note on that. They are rumors. This is true. But the way the current iPhone prototypes or, or rumor prototypes have been made is Apple releases the dimensions of their iPhone to case makers before it comes out. And historically, we've gotten that those, uh, those designs and people have made mock-up iPhones from that information that in the past have been highly, highly accurate. So I have no reason to believe that what we're seeing is not what we're going to get, in my opinion. Okay. Well, well, well. All right. <laughs> so I am seeing here a phone, a phone in front of my eyes. It's the back of a phone. It's, uh, it appears to be a gold colored, a nice gold. It's got that classic white apple in the back of it, uh, a more metallic edge. And right there on the right, the upper right side of the back of the phone is a large, black, rounded, cornered square. And with a nice metallic edge around that, too. 
And in this square, I am seeing what appear to be four camera lenses. And a flash. And a flash. Sorry, three camera lenses and a flash. flash. Yep. And there you have it. So this is a... Just to paint a, a vivid word picture to people, it's like the oval camera bump on your phone and it's like 2.5 times bigger and it's like on the back of your phone there's just this giant black spot with all these lenses and a white dot in there randomly and it's so huge it's like when your friend has a breakout and you're looking at them you're trying not to stare at the giant (laughs) zit on their face Uh. and you can't look like you're trying you're like look in the eye don't mention the zit and you're, you're making eye contact because you don't want it to be awkward. But all you can think about is this, this giant blemish. And then that's the camera bump on the new iPhone. It's the whole it iPhone. Is. And to describe, like, even, even more vividly, the size of it, like, where it comes on the phone is almost to the Apple in the upper middle of the phone. It extends from just below the corner to almost... Touching that apple, maybe like half an inch, I think, of space. It's quite large. You know what, Brie? I think it's ugly, but I I don't hate it. What? Yeah. Really? Really? There's some part of me that enjoys the roundedness. I To quote uh, Pete... uh, Buttigieg, uh, I'll never say that name right on the first try. <laughs> to quote him is the nature of grotesque things that we cannot look away. So. That is true. And that's how, and that is why I appreciate Apple's strategy to get dogs and cats to look directly at the camera instead of hiding from it by creating something so grotesque that even a creature of such intelligence cannot look away. They will be drawn in. They will be fascinated. Okay, so visually on the back of the phone, we know that there's a giant, giant, giant bump. Okay, that's done. We know that's there and all. We're over it. I'm not over it. I will never get over it. We'll continue. uh, (laughs) But but the rest of the what other rumors do we have about what this phone has? Because it leads into what I want to talk about. Okay, so we've got uh, rumors of three models. Um, yep. Two that are essentially uh, replacing the 10s and 10s Max, and then of course the 10R replacement. Um, we've got for the uh, rumored uh, God, the, the the naming rumors are so horrible here. For what they're calling the D42 and D43, three times OLED Retina display, and then the other one two times Liquid Retina display. Okay, same screen resolution. As the ones we have gotten now, that's I'm I'm guessing that's not what you want to talk about. I'm going to keep going. But, but 3D touch is going to stay around, right? Brianna. Uh oh. What, I've that? got some bad news. Oh no! <laughs> A new type of taptic engine, taptic engine, known by the code name Leap Haptics, reports Nine to Five Mac, and it's unclear what types of features this new engine will enable at this point. But. It's possible that it's geared towards improving haptic touch. Uh Uh-huh. How do you... You you don't sound super excited. Well, so, Sima, this is how... This just... I gotta be really honest with you here. Look, I, I, I want Apple to succeed wildly. And I just... 
One of the things I think that's so frustrating is over the course of time we've been doing Rocket, it is when they release new things, it's hard. Like, we're not cheerleaders for Apple. I want them to win. I want them to thrive. I want them to succeed. I think that by definition does make us cheerleaders in the sense of a literal football game. (laughs) Okay, But but realistic cheerleaders who are not (laughs) ignorant to the, the flaws. I'm not an Apple promoter. That's not my job. My job is to give tech analysis to our listeners. And I hope you all understand that like when we critique Apple, it's from a place of, of love and concern. But the fact is this last iPhone sold very poorly for Apple. This was not a good launch. If you look at what they were offering in this phone, it was an improved camera it was a uh, chip inside of it to help some of Apple's uh, ML and DL technologies, m- machine learning and deep learning. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And the way they differentiated from the very expensive model and the less expensive model was uh, 3D Touch primarily being in the phone. And it looks like 3D Touch is going to be gone altogether for the next model. And their main feature is going to be... Um, an improved camera again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I guess part of this, Simone, is I feel free in some ways. You know, us all going out and buying a brand new phone every year is really destructive to the environment. And I want to give Apple credit. They've stepped up on their recycling technologies like no other uh, smartphone manufacturer has done. But for me, um, you know, we made a pact on the show that I, I said I didn't see any reason to upgrade to the 10s. Mm-hmm. I stayed with my 10. Um, if what I'm seeing from this phone is true, I'm going to stick with my 10 for another year mm-hmm. because I've never taken a picture and been like, this is not good quality with my iPhone. Um, I just, I, I was thinking about this on the way over here. If you watch Star Trek, um, they don't have like different models of the pad in the future. It's just the pad, like mm-hmm. this hand terminal they pass around. If you watch the expanse, it's just called the hand terminal. It's very fungible. And I kind of think there was always going to be a point where our smartphones just really became fungible. And I think it's time to admit there's just not a reason. Like this is the third year in. And unless Apple pulls something wildly out of their event, I just see no reason to upgrade at all. I absolutely feel you. Um, and I, I remember this conversation last year, of course, because I, like you, I'm one of the one of the hosts who did not upgrade, except I have uh, non-upgraded from the iPhone 8, right? Uh, which I went to from the 6S, and that was because I dropped my 6S on a very hard floor. Um, and it no longer functioned. So I got the 8, uh, which at that point was nice and affordable because thank you, iPhone 10. Um, but yeah, for me, as long as this phone keeps functioning um, and doesn't get too slow, I don't want to upgrade. And part of that is because there's nothing super exciting for me to upgrade to. And part of that is just like the hassle and kind of exhaustion of yearly new phones which i i just i wish i wish that somebody would really bite the bullet here and be like no (laughs) we're not doing it this year (laughs) and i wish it would be (laughs) apple because i i I don't think that this is 
I mean, I'm sure it'll be faster. I'm sure they'll improve battery life, like all the those standard things. But is one year's upgrade of internals really going to be worth it when maybe we could wait a couple of years and have an even better improvement because if they're improving incrementally every year there's really no reason not to just like hold it off for a little longer see what could happen um in two years and that's yeah. kind of how i feel about it um can, can i come back to the 3d touch thing because i completely yeah, sure. oh, yeah, agree we, with you just just like there's nothing that matters more in an apple macbook than the keyboard and entering in text there for a smartphone there's nothing i do that's more important than entering text. And the magical feature of 3D Touch is if you long press, you can use it like a cursor and you can edit large blocks of text quickly. I use this all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And I hate, like when my husband hands me his phones to text someone, I hate that I don't have it. <laughs> and there's no cheating that Apple could do with the haptic engine. They'll make it worth spending $1,000 to lose a feature that I dearly love in my existing phone. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending $1,000 on that. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh, know, I mean, that's the other thing, the price. Right. The uh, price, we, had, yeah, we don't know what it'll cost high. yet. Yeah. Uh, I bet they'll bring it down this time. What do you I, think? I hope that they bring it down because last year was really, really absurd. They cannot they certainly cannot raise it again because yeah. oh, God. I mean their their sales were so disappointing last year. I can't imagine them th- seeing that and thinking, "Well, you know what we need in that case is an even more exclusive phone." <laughs> Stop it. Just just make services. Just make me make something for me to subscribe to and then you you can have money. Um don't make a more expensive phone. Yeah. Um yeah, so I I would say either same price as last year. I I I don't think I can see it coming down. I think it'll be the same. Do you not think so? I I don't know. I'm, you know, the truth is, Simone, like here on the show, we root for Apple to succeed. The rest of the press roots for Apple to fail. And I'm telling you, if you think the headlines to this point have been bad for Apple mm-hmm. or disparaging, I I think it is going to be a storm uh, of epic proportions this year. And I think if they don't bring it down, I I, I think the sales are going to be bad. I think the tech press is going to pan it. Um, I, 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 I think this is going to be a really rough Q3 and Q4 for Apple. I would love to be wrong. I'm ready to be wrong. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to revisit this. There is yeah. an upside, Brie. Yes. And that is that we will not have to deal with the Roman numeral 10 anymore. <laughs> I won't keep saying it wrong on the show. It's I'm done. excited about that. We'll, yes. we'll all be free. I mean, it'll it'll be like four years or so before we're truly free. But <laughs> just think of <laughs> how many how many fewer corrections or, or corrections you'll have to swallow in your life when you hear someone say XR or XS. You will no longer have to be a pedantic Apple person. You can just hear someone say 11 and nod solemnly to yourself and say, that's right. You've (laughs) said that. Good job. Uh, My body is shredding. Another factor of this phone, and that is that the reports are that it will continue to have a lightning cable uh, or lightning port to charge with. Um, There have been rumors like 
people have wondered whether it will go USB-C because the iPads went USB-C. Um, but so far, the reports are that it will continue to be lightning. How do you feel about that? Uh, so the Verge put out an article. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, I think it is reasonable for people to want Apple to switch to USB-C. Um, again, like I'm looking at this as like a, a politician who spent a lot of today talking about concrete plans to address climate change. And part of what's got to change is uh, our culture of throwaway uh, consumer goods. And if we can move to fewer cable types, it's a win for the environment, it's a win for consumers, and I think there's a lot of win in moving towards USB-C. That said, there are issues with moving away from Lightning. It's not as fast, uh, it's not as secure, because Apple tightly controls who has access to uh, the Lightning, to manufacture Lightning cables. You can make sure there's not spy chips installed in it, on mm-hmm. it, or, or that there's danger it's going to happen from that. So um, while I understand the, the desire for USB-C to be there, Um, I am not someone that expects this to show up, uh, not in this iPhone, but the next one. I think Apple's going to stay on this course. And, you know, like with the iPad Pro having that, the the answer, the reason they're moving to USB-C is pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. The iPad Pro is trying to replace a laptop and in getting information from peripheral devices into the iPad Pro, USB-C is a much better way to get there. Um, I just bought a a piano, an electronic piano for my house, and I can go USB, uh, USB B to <laughs> USB C on my iPad and have it like uh, read the notes as I'm playing from sheet music. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a it's a standard because of that. So um, I I understand people that want it. It's not particularly important to me, but um, you know we'll see what happens. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I, I'm torn on this because I really do think like the picture painted by Dieter in this article, um, his theory, first of all, is that it's not going to change this year, but that in 2020, we'll see an iPhone with USB-C. Um, and that picture, although initially, I think it would have been very annoying to me as a person who has a lot of lightning cables lying around, um, the picture that he paints of a world where you just have one kind of cord and you use that to charge your laptop because presumably you're in the Apple ecosystem in this scenario. You're charging your MacBook with USB-C. You're charging your iPad with USB-C. You charge your phone with USB-C. You charge your Switch. Um, So that picture is pain. That picture is very attractive to me. Um, That being said, I I do... I, I agree with what you're saying about security. I'm wondering what makes it different to Apple from the iPad situation because like you and John Gruber as well and during Fireball are saying Apple likes to control like everything around the iPhone like that's very important to them what makes controlling that different from controlling what uh, hooks up to the iPad well it's the expectations like uh, for the for the iPad like for the iPad, it's very specifically very difficult to get USB keys that go into a lightning port. It's very hard to get MIDI controllers that go there. It's hard to get hard drives mm-hmm. that hook into that. It's hard to it's hard to use a lot of these external peripherals. So by changing that standard, 
it helps bolster the argument that the iPad Pro is a laptop competitor. Okay. Okay. Um, I I do have to say, I have you experienced this? I, I find myself, particularly with my uh, Apple CarPlay devices, uh, yeah, there there's probably half of my cable, may, not that much, but often the cables will get dirty. You know, I find myself unplugging it, flipping it around, seeing if it'll work that way. <laughs> um, it, it just feels like they get dirty. I've never had that happen with the USB-C cable. And I don't know if that's because the huh. connector is not exposed to the elements or if it's because, um, you know, just frankly, I don't use it on a daily basis like I do my iPhone. That hasn't happened to me, actually. Um, generally, I, I don't... Uh, move my cables though i have one in my bedroom one at my desk and then a bunch of others in a drawer <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and I'll, I'll put them like in a plastic bag for travel if i if i take them anywhere um but generally i'm not and you know and even with my headphones which i stuff into my purse sometimes i haven't had problems with that um but again i'm just a lucky gal brie you are you are very lucky hey this episode of rocket is brought to you by eero Eero is a game changer because it means I can actually access internet from anywhere in my house. In theory, I'm not the person. Brie is the person. I'm Brie. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Brianna Wu, and I can access the internet from anywhere in my house. There is always <laughs> one room that with, has an unreliable Wi-Fi connection. You know what I'm saying. And nothing is more irritating than watching your favorite show and it's stopping buffering. What the heck? It's 2019. Why is this happening to me? Eero blankets your home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi, so you can constantly have a strong signal wherever you need it. It sets up in just minutes. You plug it straight into your modem or router box, and you can even manage it from a super simple app that lets you do cool stuff, like pause the Wi-Fi while you're eating dinner. <gasps> What? What? And it gets alerts if any device tries to join your network so you can go out there and stomp on them. Eero has fixed all of the Wi-Fi problems. No more dead <laughs> spots. No more buffering. It's an internet lover's dream. And you can get your Wi-Fi problems fixed as soon as tomorrow. You can go to eero.com slash rocket and enter ro offer code <laughs> rocket at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. That's E-E-R-O. EERO.com slash rocket and the code rocket at checkout to get your Eero delivered with free overnight shipping. You got to use the URL to get the offer. That is again, Eero.com slash rocket and the offer code rocket. Thank you so much, Eero, for your support of this show and Relay FM. Woo! Let's talk about San Diego Comic Con, baby! Let's do it! Oh my God, in an under five hours, which will be hard. Nuts. Um, we all know your favorite thing that happened at Comic-Con. It was when I was retweeted by yes. Jonathan Frakes. Yes. Uh, but what, talk about what spurred that, the Star Trek Picard that we mentioned at the top of the show. What's up with that, Brie? Okay, so I love Star Trek Discovery. I think it's a great show. This last season was amazing. Captain Pike, I hate to say it, but he's he's really hot and he's like my favorite starship <laughs> captain ever, which I didn't think could happen. I didn't think they could top Janeway. You know, certainly didn't think they could uh, top Captain. Oh, what's her name? Uh, 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 the the character. 
Oh God, I'm blanking. The uh, the captain, the Shenzhou, uh, played by Michelle Yeoh. What is her name? Captain. You're not gonna get it from me, baby. Oh my God. Okay, I'm anyway. looking it up. Star yes, Trek. Look it up. Encounters. Uh, no, it's Captain. Oh God. Anyway, Discovery. It it's Discovery. Okay. D- Discovery. That's the show. I'm talking about the name of the captain, the Shenzhou. Yeah, uh, I was trying to look up the Michelle show so Yeo. I could find the name of the captain. Oh, every Rocket listener is screaming at their podcast They're all right now. screaming. Stop, please. Anyway, I can hear you. I love the show. And I thought season two of Discovery was freaking amazing. And I didn't think I would be excited for uh, Star Trek Discovery. I uh, Star Trek Picard because I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to like retread all the greatest beats of this show that already had four movies. Like, can't we get a new adventure? How are they going to do this in a way that's interesting? And the concept of it is really, really interesting. So um, basically what happens is at the end of Star Trek Nemesis, uh, spoiler alert, I'm assuming you've seen this movie. George 20 Joe. years old. Captain George Captain Philippa George of course. Sorry, Michelle Yeoh, please forgive me. Uh, I will do 20 Hail Marys. Um, <laughs> so so uh, at the end of Star Trek Nemesis, uh, spoiler, Data dies, B4 is like this prototype data, uh, and he's there. And apparently Picard retired after that and went and uh, decided to grow grow grapes to make wine with uh, back on Earth. And what happens is, as all great things that happen, similar to how Rocket started, a mysterious woman showed up. In our case, it was Simone. In this (laughs) other show, it's a random woman. We don't know what her name is, but... uh, she seems to have a mysterious backstory, and Picard seems to join up with a bunch of uh, rebels and to go find out the mystery of this woman. Uh, Seven of Nine makes an appearance. We also know the EMH, not played by uh, Robert Picardo, the doctor from Voyager, but another EMH is going to be a major character. And uh, just overall, this hits every beat that I want from a Star Trek. It is super interesting. How did you feel about it? Uh, I was high on the excitement of everyone else, honestly, because like I am, I have not loved the Star Trek as you do. I've only ever seen episodes what? here and there when other people watch what? it. I know, I know, what? I know. I'm a false, I'm a falsehood. Um, I have a lot of friends who love it, and literally, I I think when they when they started announcing the casting, everyone just gradually lost their minds which was the greatest thing to watch because at first it was like well uh, picard is there obviously okay patrick stewart yay we love him he's picard duh um and then it was like brant spiner oh and then like every other actor just like one after another um and that's the kind of thing that Really, I've only ever seen something like Marvel pull off where it's like, and this actor and this actor, which we'll talk about later. But I think because these are all actors and characters that people like have such fond memories of and are so storied, they were able to do that quintessential Comic-Con thing and just like, (laughs) and another one, another one. Uh, And people just lost their minds at the idea of all these iconic characters either coming back or just being being shown in the show. But I don't think it's just that. That's why I was not excited about it first, because I'm like, okay, they're going to remix all the greatest hits of Next Generation. Okay, that's fine. I'm invested in this new story and this new universe over here. And to me, it's a really compelling, uh, it's a compelling concept 
to take Picard, who's kind of, uh, you know, frankly, he's, uh, you know, he's like a, an admiral of Starfleet. He's a leader, he's mm-hmm. a strategist, he's a diplomat. And to take him and to put him in the equivalent of the Maquis, like, you know, this, this rebel group to go save this woman and to see what Picard is like without all the, the power, frankly, mm. that's a really compelling story to me. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see how that would be an interesting situation, especially for someone who's just like such a a good person to be in a situation that's <laughs> yes. like a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, I had a story written about uh, some pretty crappy stuff that uh, uh, the guy who played Captain Picard. Oh God, what's his name? Uh, William Shatner. Uh, or he Captain said to Kirk me on Twitter the other day. Captain Kirk is kind of a right wing jerk store <laughs> nowadays. You've got oh, Picard no. holding up viral stories about protect women and girls. Like, uh, our Captain Picard is a great person. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, I'm excited. So that there's was, so much more news to cover. I don't want to just cover Picard. I mean, that was your biggest your biggest thing no, from Comic Con. No, my biggest one was Westworld. Oh, are you still watching Westworld? Did you see I the season three am. premiere? Uh, I actually did not watch the trailer, <gasps> if you can believe it. I know. I watched season two. I watched the first teaser for Westworld season three, which came out during the final episode of Game of Thrones. That was great. Yep. Um, yep. I had to stop watching the freaking series finale of Game of Thrones to write about that trailer. Um, but because I was in the press room at Comic-Con, it came out and I was like checking the post, but I didn't actually, I took screen caps of it, but I didn't actually watch it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. How do you feel about season two of Westworld? Season two was fine. I have some huge, do you mind, does anyone mind if I talk about the season finale of Westworld season oh two? <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Okay. So all the androids are trying to go... Spoiler, spoiler. Be Yes, big spoiler warning. I'm about to spoil it all. They're trying to go be free in the digital world. And there's this whole like question of like, oh, what if we shut it down and wipe it? Uh, because, you know, we want to kill all the androids, blah, blah, blah. And um, the humans are coming to kill the androids... And the androids are walking incredibly slowly into the gate of the digital world. And I have never been more frustrated because, like, you've established, like, these are tireless, intelligent machines. They are fleeing from this horrible, oppressive world. And they're walking so slowly (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like this is the most senseless and you know scores of them scores of them are wiped out um by clementine who's been modified to have like this basically of android wiping virus signal coming out of her sorry it's been a little while since i watched it um but basically like she just has to be near one of them in range and they will be completely wiped um, and essentially die in, in machine terms. And yeah, and she's coming down. She's riding. People are like losing their minds. Like what happens? Sorry. What happens when she infects them is they they go they uh, go ballistic basically and get very violent and kill each other. 
So, like, you can see her coming on the freaking horse, and everyone that she is near starts killing everyone around them, and yet everyone is walking so slowly <laughs> towards the... Anyway, so that annoyed me. However... But with slot in, it was shot in slow modes. It was beautiful shots of these characters you love walking through the gate, and then their bodies just falling dead into the sea. I thought it was a beautiful visual. That part was beautiful. The part where everyone was just standing there while Clementine turned them into... Uh, like killing machines was the most contrived thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, But, but the cool thing that happens, of course, at the end of that season is that Dolores gets out in the body of Tessa Thompson's character into the human world. But we also see that she has recreated her own body. So she's not only got a Tessa Thompson Android body, she's got an Evan Rachel Wood Android body. And there is someone else in the Tessa Thompson Android, she, like she goes, but Dolores goes back to her original Evan Rachel Wood body, and there's another Android in uh, uh, Tessa Thompson's characters. Do they reveal who that is, Bree? No, no. But oh. it's uh, we see both of the characters. the The long story short is season three of Westworld looks like. Uh, so there's no shot from this trailer that's set in Westworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, either it takes place in the the far futuristic Earth, or it takes place in what is essentially a, a Nazi Westworld, a World War II Which Westworld. Which, of course, they have. Of course they have. Yep. So, um, yeah, it is... Uh, I. I, I have to say, I know season two was frustrating for a lot of people. I like that kind of layered, deliberately vague, uh, like out of time, unsequential storytelling that is just kind of poetic and, and and really makes you think about to understand. The season finale, you had to watch the season finale of Westworld season two at least twice to understand. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was, <laughs> there was a viral picture from it. There's a line that Bernard has is like, is this now? And that's the perfect, <laughs> that's the perfect line. That's literally that. how I felt about the, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind that part of it. I didn't mind the sort of uh, twisting temporal nature of it. Uh, I think it was just that particular <laughs> that particular scene. Okay, fair enough. The The long story short is Jesse from Breaking Bad is now part of the Westworld Season 3 cast, which I'm super psyched about. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I love this show. I'm excited to see... I'm excited to see who these characters are outside of Westworld. Um, and it just... It really looks beautifully shot. So, I'm pumped up. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, definitely... Definitely going to watch it. Okay, so we I know we're running out of show. I got to ask, did you... So I got to ask two good... Uh, your impression of two good trailers, and then I'm going to ask about a third trailer. Uh-oh. So I assume you saw It Chapter 2. Did you see the trailer to this? Nope. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm a huge <laughs> Stephen King fan. Jessica Chastain is playing uh, is playing the the grown-up version of... Uh, what's her name from, uh, from It... Uh, I'm super psyched about that. That looks amazing. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? Did you see nope. that? <laughs> Simone, what I haven't the even hell? heard of that. You didn't see that. They're the making a new Top Gun? 
There's a new Top Gun movie starring Tom Cruise. It's amazing. Starring Tom Cruise? Oh, wait, I did see this because I saw that. The, okay, I didn't know it was about this. I saw there was some controversy where um, they took the uh, Taiwanese flag off. Or sorry, was it, it was either the Hong Kong or the Taiwanese flag off of his uh, jacket. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, because I, I think Tencent that. is uh, sponsoring this movie. Oh, making it. Yeah. Okay, whatever. That's, that's I've got bigger fish. To they're making a new Top Gun? Are you kidding me? But it's not just that they're making a new Top Gun, Simone. What I think is so unbelievably compelling about this trailer is they're making a new Top Gun, and they said, no CG. So every single, the, the, the trailer opens up with this shot of a, uh, of a jet flying a couple of feet above the desert floor. It's a real jet that they're flying like that. And you see shots of Tom Cruise in a real jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. And you see his body thrown around as he's doing that. It's all real. It's all amazingly compelling. And I think it's a real argument for why... Uh, these kind of real practical shots are just more immersive and compelling than CG is. Tom Cruise is made of uh, steel and very stretchy rubber. And Scientology. Actually. Yeah, but, and Scientology. Yeah. His whole body has been replaced. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he's basically a Westworld android. Yeah, so, I agree with yeah. that. Wow, okay, speaking so- of real technology... That's what they talked about at the uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark panel that I went to with Guillermo del Toro. Um, okay, is, yeah. But they, they basically showed a bunch of clips of the monster outfits that they made for that movie because all of the monsters are people in big latex suits uh, with, like, a digital pass done afterwards to kind of add the life into that suit. Uh, but it was essentially all about that, and it was really, really cool to, to see how they were making these horrendous looking creatures, like by casting, for example, contortionists uh, and making latex suits that can move with them so that they can actually walk in confusing ways. <laughs> That's gorgeous. What's the coolest monster you saw? I really, uh, the, the big toe one was definitely the scariest one. It, yeah. was, it was this like very frightening, uh, bony um nebulous gendered creature with long black hair and they fitted the actor with these enormous this like prosthetic set of prosthetic teeth that the actor could like move so that he could open his mouth and stuff but it looked just like outlandishly frightening um yeah that movie's i i i'm curious to see it because it it did get a pg-13 rating but it looks Horrifying. Absolutely I'm horrifying. I'm yeah. sold. Okay, the very fast last thing for Comic-Con we got to talk about, and I hope you've seen this, Uh-oh. is the Cats trailer. Oh. What did you think of this? Oh, Brie. Yes. Oh, Brie. Yes. I. This was the first thing I saw when I landed in San Diego because this came <laughs> out when I was on my flight. And yep. I had written before leaving 2,600 words explaining cats for polygon.com to be posted when the trailer dropped and when i landed lo and behold there it was um the cats trailer cats cats for those of you unfamiliar broadway show done by people in tight cat costumes with lots of fake fur um famously they have said oh the movie 
no costumes. It's going to be, we've developed new technology, digital fur technology to add the fur, the whiskers, to turn the people into cats, to turn Taylor Swift into a cat. It's amazing. It looks, it's never been done before. It's incredible. It's not, I'm quoting here. It's not it is CGI. It's the nature of grotesque things that you it's cannot look away. It's not motion capture and not CGI. Yep. Are literal words that they said, and then the cats trailer dropped. It is horrendous. Oh, <laughs> it looks so bad. It, it looks nightmare. Like yeah. someone with Photoshop put human faces on furry furry cat bodies. And not furry in the sense of furries, but just body, the, the adjective. It, it looks bad, Brie. It can, don't look can, good. Can I step away from being candidate for Congress, Brianna, yes. to just game developer, Brianna, for a second? Mm-hmm. This is furry porn. There is There are people out there, there are furries, that are going to watch this movie a lot <laughs> and in, 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 in ways that uh, probably children should not be exposed but to. But it's also uh, not. I think the cut interviewed some furries and they were like yeah. nah no we don't we don't like this maybe, okay you gotta explain this i i maybe i just don't understand furry psychology help me well understand here's the this. thing brie i yeah. think that these cats look bad <laughs> and i think that that's a kind of a it's well it's not a universal sentiment because i know that there are people in my own very office who don't mind the cats i just think there there are so many problems there are so many problems i'm gonna pull up okay. a picture of some of the cats yeah yeah um it bothers me that their faces just look like they were put on, like pasted on as individual features onto a fur surface. Yep. Um, it kind of bothers me that with this white cat, she's wearing like a full face of human makeup right. uh, while being a cat. It bothers me that they are their fur is all so short, like. The, the fur on the Taylor Swift cat and Victoria, um, sorry, I don't know the actress's name, but I know the cat's name because I'm very familiar with the cat's musical. The fur on Bombalurina and Victoria is too short, so they just look like naked people with a light covering of fur. They even have boobs. Why? And then when right. you get a slightly longer-haired cat like Jennifer Hudson's Grizabella, it, she has lo- slightly longer fur around the face. The silhouette good but then it's like this almost like furless just human skin face on this fur body that looks horrible that looks horrible when you go to the face to like the furry neck oh my god get a cat like judy dench's old deuteronomy it looks like she it it looks like Midsummer with the guy and the bear. Sorry, (laughs) spoilers for midsummer a human face protruding from this very hairy cat why? So, in I, I have to say, from a feminist perspective, it's hard to not notice that all of the younger women cat characters are pretty much naked and have boobs, and all of the male cat characters, uh, generally speaking, are wearing clothes. And it just seems like they've chosen to kind of sexualize, if that's the creepiest word to use in this context, but they did, like a lot of the, 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 the female cats and didn't do that to the men, generally speaking. I had not noticed that, but now that I'm looking at it, you are 100% right. Yeah. Like there's like Monkastrap is not wearing clothes, but, uh, and James, it looks like James Corden cat um bustopher jones is also not wearing clothes but like mr mistopheles is wearing a jacket 
Um, yeah. Idris Elba's McCavity is wearing a trench coat, which is the silliest looking thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Huh. Huh. Well, I'm going to give that some food for thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the tails are coming right out of their butt cracks. That's yeah. not where cat tails go. It's comes out of the spine. What's wrong with you? It's terrible. It chapter two scared me. Uh, that trailer and this scared me way more. So <laughs> I, it's bad. Uh, yeah. They're yeah. like, and you know, the original cost people are going to come at me and be like, well, the original costumes are just people in extremely tight suits with fur on them. You know what? It somehow looks less bad. And I think part of that is because the makeup work that they do for the stage show does dehumanize the people a little bit and not in a bad sense. Like it, it just, it makes them look a little bit less human. Um, whereas these really just look like human faces. They haven't changed the shape of the face at all. They, I think they do a lot to like change the shape of noses with makeup or change the shape of eyes with makeup um, in yeah. the stage musical, which is not yeah. something that's happening here, baby. Um, it's also, the Uncanny ugh, Valley. It's it is. Uncanny it's a Valley. very strange yeah. thing to see. I will see this movie in theaters. Oh, God, no. No, Simone. Oh, oh, oh I will. Bree. Why do you want the terrorists to win? Uh, I am a masochist, and I must okay. watch the cats. Oh, they yeah, have human hands. Don't forget myself. that. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, I will not be seeing this. Um, if you talk about it on the show after having seen it, I will drink heavily um i i'm not i'm not gonna see this um but i will go see top Gun. i want maverick to come and just blow up the cats movie that's what i want tom cruise to just oh, come no. along f14 and just blow up wherever this movie is stored and save humanity that's what i want I hope that your uh late 2019 dreams come true um what are you doing this week uh, I'm fundraising. Uh, we are just uh, running Brianna Wu 20, uh, 2019, uh, 2020 rather. Uh, we are having a big uh, party at my house uh, this weekend. So rocket listeners oh, cool. are welcome to come to this. Uh, if uh, Just shoot me an email if you haven't been invited. Uh, shoot me a Facebook message, Twitter message, whatever. I'll give you the address. That's Saturday 1 to 3. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited. Uh, other than that, we are... Raising money. Oh, this is big. I've got a really big uh, cybersecurity proposal coming out. White Ooh. paper on this. An Elizabeth Warren-style white paper. And I'm actually hoping I can get a little time next week on Rockets to talk about that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, How about you? I'm recovering from Comic-Con this week. Yeah? I'm, I'm still on West Coast time, and I'm so tired, to be honest. Um, but, It doesn't show at all. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yawning. It's fine. Um, What have I been doing this week? We just released a fantastic video from Pat Gill on uh, Luigi Luigi's animation specifically in Luigi's Mansion 3, but basically uh, proving that Luigi is the Jackie Chan of video games when it comes to his movement techniques. Uh, and it's really good and funny, and you should watch it at youtube.com slash polygon. Mostly what I'm doing this week is chasing that 100% trophy uh, <gasps> in Assassin's Creed, that platinum baby in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I believe in you. I believe in you. Thank you. I'm at 75% and I keep doing trophies that don't contribute to that, which <laughs> is my own problem. <laughs> so to platinum this or what, I'm sorry, what pla what platform are you playing it on? PS4. 
Okay, so to platinum uh, AC Odyssey, do you have to visit every island and 100% it? Yes. You don't have to 100% every island. You do have to defog the entire map, and that does include going to every single tiny little island. Um, That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely not as bad as some of the uh, trophies that I have seen out there. Like, everything is actually quite doable. Um, I've recently learned, never knew this before, if there's a hidden trophy, uh, you can open it up and then press square, and it'll reveal what the hidden trophy is. Big benefit to me, um, because part of what I had to do was, I think, like, break uh, some number of ships in half while having an all-female crew on my boat. Yeah. Uh, which is an awesome, awesome trophy. Um, but yeah, I was able to I get that. I got that trophy. I already Heck got yeah. that trophy. Oh, you got that without did, even yeah. trying. Yeah, I did. Awesome. Come on, it's awesome. I got my bad, uh, bad uh, pirate ship going around, just crushing everything in sight. Oh, that's it was so great. great. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I just have a couple more quests to do. I've, I've done basically all the ones that are really annoying. So I'm, I'm sorry, my voice is creaking so much and it's because I'm tired and thirsty. Too. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good reason to end the show because we've gone long without Christina wow, here, which is amazing. amazing. A first, where can <laughs> yeah. we find you online? You can find me at uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter, developer Brianna Wu on Facebook. And if you want to support my congressional campaign, uh, you can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. Nice. And you can find me at youtube.com slash polygon and on Twitter at Doom Quasar. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rockets. Uh, If you liked it, please do review it on Apple Podcasts or any other place you want to leave a review. Hopefully, it'll just take a couple seconds. um, Leave a star rating, review, whatever your preference is, and that'll help us get more visibility, um, more listeners, more show for everybody. Also, if Relay has its uh, membership month drive coming up soon, and we will be doing a bonus episode for that this year. So if you're interested in that, uh, go to Relay.fm and uh, learn some details about that. I don't know if they're they're promoting that on the site yet, but they certainly will be. And I'll be talking about it again whenever I want because I... Can I just tell people our members-only show this year is going to be really cool. We're putting a lot of thought into it, and it's going to be worth your time if you uh, join up. Oh, heck yeah. It's going to be real good. Um, yeah, so they have a, a page about that on relay.fm, so you can check that out. Uh, and hey, thanks for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.